but I started running because of, you know, or running long distance because of my mother's car accident, because I had to have some kind of outlet to release the anxiety, the depression, the, you know, the, the, the panic that I felt every day, the, the loss of control. I mean, that, that was the only thing that I felt gave me some kind of control was to run. Welcome to a Runner's Life podcast. In this episode, I'll be in conversation with Karina Junker. I know you'll leave this podcast feeling inspired by her running journey. Please subscribe to catch the weekly episodes. If something resonates with you, please share online and leave a rating. Thank you for downloading this episode. Your support makes this podcast possible. Welcome, Karina, to a Runner's Life podcast. How are you? I'm doing great, honey. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. It's been uh, good talking to you before the uh, the podcast started, so um, I'm, I'm I think we're warmed up now to uh, give the listeners a, a good show. Uh, can you give us an introduction into your endurance life? My endurance life. Well, uh, I am a marathoner, and I love to run. Um, I live in Los Angeles, and uh, I started running when I lived in New York. So uh, I have a little bit of a interesting and different background. Um, and yeah, thank you so much for having me on your show. I'm so excited. It's my first podcast. I'm grateful to have you on. So um, you talked about um, starting in New York and I know you've run the New York City Marathon, which is a, an amazing city. And I remember reading one of your posts and you sort of talked about um, having you know, being quite an emotional time at some points during the race because of some significant life events. Can you take us back to what happened and uh, just, just sort of bring us back into how it started for you? Yes. So I ran a New York City Marathon in 2017 and in 2019, but I used to live in New York. I went to graduate school in New York City at Columbia University. And uh, during my first semester of graduate school back in 2004, um, my mother was in a horrific car accident that left her in a vegetative state for nearly a decade. Um, she was living in Houston, Texas at the time. And um, I got the phone call on her birthday because the accident was on April 24th, 2004. And her birthday was on the 25th. So uh, 16 years from tomorrow, actually. And my running journey actually started like that. You know, I used to do, like I was telling you before the podcast started, I used to do some baby runs, you know, two miles. I would run from my apartment on the Upper West Side. Uh, I would run down to a yoga studio because I was doing Bikram yoga at the time. And I would run do yoga and then run back to my apartment and that was like just two miles and that's all I would do and I would do that maybe two three times a week um I knew about the New York City Marathon back then but I I was not a marathoner I was not in the marathon community um I never dreamt about running a marathon I mean that just seemed like another world um but it wasn't until my mother's car accident and until I, I left New York um, 
after I graduated and after the, you know, the economic crunch in 2008, I ended up having to move to Houston because my mother's situation got very complicated. Um, and I started running with a group uh, in Houston called the Canyon Way. Uh, I started doing long runs because uh, there I met this guy at a park where I where I was running and he was flying and, you know, like running super fast. And uh, yeah. we just uh, became friends. And he started telling me that um, he was doing these long runs uh, on Saturday on Saturdays with this group. And that's how I started running long distance. Uh, okay. And that's, yeah, I, start, I ran my very first marathon in Houston, the Chevron Houston Marathon. Okay, there's a lot to unpack there. Um, so I probably want to go back to the beginning and not sort of disregarding what you said about your mother. Um, so you lived in Brooklyn. So when you were running I lived in, the marathon. When I was in graduate school, yeah. I lived in Manhattan. Oh, okay. And then after I graduated, I lived in Brooklyn. Oh, okay. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Um, so I guess there's still a couple parts of the course that you would have run through anyways. So I guess that must have been, I guess, does it sort of bring back any sort of memories, I guess, of that sort of time when you're running the, the marathon in terms of emotional sort of pullback to time was when your mum was in that situation and you were going back to that situation or how did that sort of play out? Well, because although my mom was, in Houston, I was still living in New York and I was traveling back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Um, yeah. You know, she was in a vegetative state, but I had to finish school. And then after I finished school, I got a job and I was working. And um, so I was living in New York. And so I was going through the most difficult time of my life <clears throat> when I was living in New York City. So in my yeah, 20s and my formative years yeah. or my formative in my 20s i mean i was living in new york uh and it's you are you referring to the photo where in 2019 where i'm crying yeah i mean in new york for me yeah probably not us yeah probably not us ask the question probably well enough but yeah I, I can imagine going through the city at that particular time when you're running, it must bring you back to certain flashpoints. Completely. I mean, like, New York for me yeah. represents a, a, a very, the most difficult time of my life. The most, I mean, it, it, it was life-changing. I mean, I moved to New York in October 2003. Yeah, October 2003. And then in April 2004, that's when my mom's car accident happened. And then I lived there, you know, the rest of the time and the whole time that I was in New York, I was dealing with my mom's, my mom being in a vegetative state now because of the car accident. So uh, whenever I see or visit New York, it brings back so many memories. I mean, I hit rock bottom, like, you know, big time. Um, and it, Whenever I walked the, the streets of New York or, or whenever I ran these, the, the two marathons, for me, uh, I was able to see how much my life had changed from then. Uh, and 
I made it. Like my mom passed away. She ended up passing away from complications in 2013. But here I am now running these marathons and I ran so many marathons. It's just, it comes full circle. Like I never imagined I would be running New York City Marathon. I never imagined I would be traveling all over the world to be running marathons. But I started running because of, you know, or running long distance because of my mother's car accident, because I had to have some kind of outlet to release the anxiety, the depression, the, you know, the, the, the panic that I felt every day, the, the loss of control. I mean, that, that was the only thing that I felt gave me some kind of control was to run. And I think sometimes when you run a marathon, you can find that you go through a range of emotions from elation to sorrow, you know, and everything in between. And I find that sometimes you can go through a marathon and and the darkest feelings that you have come out and it might not always be the positive thing. And how do you sort of manage that? I mean, I can imagine at those points during the marathon, it must be quite tough to be thinking about what it was like at those sort of really dark places and how do you sort of pull yourself through it? Well, every marathon for me is different. And I think every marathon is different for everybody. But in my case, New York City is a completely different ball game. I mean, when those two times that I ran New York, uh, mm. it, it, it uh, strips me of every... It's very different from all the other marathons that I ran. I mean, if I, you know, I ran LA marathon and paced LA marathon. And I mean, I have great memories here and, um, you know, I have a, a group here. I have friends here and it's sunshine and it's, you know, you finish at the beach, you know, it's very different than New York. You know, uh, I have a lot of strong feelings and memories in New York. And for some reason, this in, in 2019, maybe because I was just going through a lot of life changes, I feel like every year I'm just going through a lot of life changes. But last year in particular, um, I mean, I, I when I was running through Brooklyn, I was crying when I got to the finish line, I was crying and I never cry at marathons, um, but for in New York, I do. And how do I, how do I get through those? I mean, I just keep on pushing. I, my mom was in a vegetative state for nearly a decade. Uh, she was a vibrant woman. She was, you know, uh, an architect. She was a, a real estate broker. She had her, her own real estate company. And then to go from that, to the way that she was and how she died I can run for five hours I can push myself I can keep on going and I don't give up um I may not be the fastest one out there but I'm really fucking tough and I'm tough mentally I'm tough spiritually I'm tough emotionally and that's what and that's what gets me through uh you know, to the finish line. And that's why I keep on signing up for more marathons because I, I want to keep on pushing myself and I want to keep on living my life to the fullest while I'm healthy, 
I'm in perfect health. Thank you, God. I'm in perfect health. I have my brain. I have my heart. I have my legs. I have my arms. I can do this. I can push forward and I can get to the finish line. And that's how I, um, I, I finish marathons. And of course it's, it's very tough. I mean, New York is one of the toughest marathons in the world. Um, now when I ran Chicago, I mean, I felt like I could have kept on running when I got to the finish line. I felt super fresh. I mean, I feel fresh all the time, baby, but you know, I feel, I felt super, super, you know, I just, I felt great. Yeah. Yeah. But I had no memories. Yeah. I had, yeah, I had, it was my first time visiting Chicago last year because that's when I ran it, 2019. And I had never visited Chicago. I had zero memories in Chicago. So there's no emotional component there, you know? Yeah. I think, yeah, different races, uh, you know, evoke different memories. But when you're talking about your mother and the different emotions, I mean, you can really get a sense of just like the the highs and lows and what i really got from it is even though it was a very tough situation to go through um you run and i completely put words in your mouth because it shows you you being closer to being alive uh, in terms of being grateful in terms of being able to express yourself being able to move absolutely so that's absolutely right yeah i can move i'm alive do you feel closer to her in, in those sort of situations where you're actually in those sort of moments where you're actually having to push in terms of running to, you know. Um, I feel, I feel close to her every day. Um, I feel, I mean, okay. honestly, I, I feel closer to her now than when she was alive. And when I was, uh, you know, because I left home when I, uh, when I was 18 and I yeah. went to live in the Caribbean for six years and then I went to New York. So her, her accident and her death really tra- transformed my life quite a few times. I feel like I've, I've, I'm, yeah. like I'm a, I have, I've had quite a few lives. Um, uh, but I, I feel close to her every day. Okay, that makes sense. I mean, runners need persistence and you've got that in the bucket loads. Um, now, I mean, you've talked about moving to LA, but I mean, even, I'm even interested in the stuff before because you've, you've, you know, from what you're saying, had to be quite independent from quite a young age. So, you know, you've had to learn sort of standing on your own two feet and um, challenging situation with your mum. And now you work as an actress and a voiceover actress in LA. You went there from, like starting from nothing um, and you made a, a success of it. So we know that industry from outside looking in is, you know, notoriously tough or rejection. Totally. I mean, how, totally. did, you, how did you keep embodied with mindset <laughs> with everything that happened with your mom? And yeah, well, you know, uh, honestly, I feel like the, the 10 years that my mom was in a vegetative state, it prepared me yeah. really for life. I mean, it doesn't really get any worse from there, I don't think. I mean, it... And I was only 23 at the time and it just like slapped me in the face. Um, So when I came, I did my very first TV commercial when I was living in the Dominican Republic in 2003, Uh, in June, 2003, I did a TV commercial and I was not in the acting world 
at all. I mean, I had gone to this advertising agency um, and they ended up like booking me the next day. It was something, you know, it's something that fell into my lap. I never sought mm-hmm. out. I mean, I, I went to graduate school for clinical psychology in New York and also my, my, my bachelor's is in psychology. So I never thought that I would be um, an actress in LA. I mean, that was not my life goal, Um, but everything changed after my mom's car accident. And when I graduated um, and started working in the field in New York, I was like, you know, this isn't for me. I was also changing a lot and it was just not the right fit for me anymore. And I had lived in LA right after I graduated uh, from uh, my BA in Puerto Rico, because I did my first three years of college in the Dominican Republic. And then I did my my senior year of college in San Juan, Puerto Rico. And then I went to grad school in New York. So I've jumped around quite a bit. So, but I lived in LA for a short while, for like six months, because I came back in 2002. And I hated it back then, because imagine I had lived in Dominican Republic. I lived in paradise. I lived in Puerto Rico. That was paradise. And then boom, I come and I live in LA and I live like in the Valley back then. And I was like, what the hell? This is awful. And I left (laughs) and I went to live in New York. Um, I did not like LA back then, but then, you know, I ended up, like I said, after my mom's car accident, my whole life shifted and I went to Houston. I signed with an agency in Houston. Um, I started doing commercials, more commercials. I I had that one credit from the Dominican Republic from 2003. Um, I signed with an agency in Houston in 2009. And I started doing voiceover in 2009, both in English and in Spanish. Um, And then I was going to move back to New York because that was a plan that I was only going to be in Houston temporarily and then go back to New York. But then when I went back to New York just to visit, it didn't feel like it was the right fit for me anymore. I felt like I had outgrown New York. Um, And one of my agents said to me, well, you need to go to L.A. And I'm like, fuck, man, but I've already lived in L.A. Uh, I don't like it. But then I got some agency meetings over here and I was like, oh, I'm different now. I'm a different person. L.A. is different. I love L.A. And boom, I signed with an agency. I moved out here and the rest is history. I've been out here. I'm going it's going to be nine years now that I've been in L.A. Mm -hmm. So but in terms of rejection, in terms of like you must have faced some of it in terms of like the roles and things like that. I mean, I face rejection you... every day. It's, you know, I get rejected yeah. all the time, all the time. Um, I have thick skin, you know, I have thick skin. Uh, yeah. I think there are, there's only been like one or two jobs that I've gotten rejected that I, they said no, or that I signed a contract and then they canceled I can't say for which one, unfortunately, um, yeah. cause it's all, you know, confidentiality agreements and shit like that. But, um, but how do you pick yourself up from it? I don't know. I just, I, 
I mean, how does it not break it, you? Well, I mean, it just it just doesn't break me. You can't let it break you because it's a you know, if you're going to be an actor in Los Angeles and if you're going to be here with the with the big dogs, you just got to have thick skin. And if you don't have thick skin, then act then then being an actor is not for you because you're going to get rejected nine times out of ten. You know, because there's only one job and for one job, sometimes they see for like commercials, sometimes they get three to four thousand submissions just for one spot for a commercial. I mean, but I'm just interested in how you learned that. I mean, was it do you think it's something you were born with or something you picked up or what was the process into sort of developing that sort of thick skin? I think that everything that happened with my mom made me have thick skin I mean I'm I'm pretty hardcore yeah I'm pretty yeah. hardcore and uh, I just you know if they say no well because it's it's just not the right fit I mean I'm also very spiritual and I have a lot of faith in 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 God in you know in the universe and when it's a no I just see it that it's not the right fit for me you know sometimes we just have to have faith that it's not the right thing. I mean, and you cannot get attached to certain projects. I mean, it's great that you were able to get in the room, whether it's a TV commercial or, you know, being the announcer for uh, a brand or being in a TV show. I mean, it's great that you're able, that they're able, I mean, I'm blessed that I'm here, that I'm, um, that people believe in me, like my, my, agents that I that that casting directors are choosing to hear me out um, or you know see me audition but if it's a no I it's because there's someone else that's better for that role at the time it doesn't mean that I'm not a great actor or I'm not a great voice voiceover artist it just means that someone else is better for that specific role and that's it just like when I get picked for something it means that I'm the right choice for that specific job and it's going to be like this always until yeah. and, 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 until the day I die you know and it's been like this always you know uh, I heard that Robert De Niro still likes to go to auditions because he does not he never wants to feel like he's learned it all even though he's Robert De Niro and he's been you know, on, you know, countless movies and like, he still wants to audition. He still wants to compete with other actors. He doesn't want just roles to be given to him. Yeah, that's great. But he likes to audition. And, you know, you have to have that little bit of, you know, um, what's the word? Um, To feel that edge a bit of fire and really. you need yeah. that sort of thing to, to be close to you need to be close to it to be yeah. alive yeah no that yeah that makes a lot of sense I mean obviously from the outside looking in I've not done it myself but it's just uh, really interesting to sort of get an idea of, in terms of just about how you sort of deal with these sort of things because I can imagine the stuff that you do in your work can really transfer quite well into the race and doing a marathon because we all go through dark moments where our body, you know, is feeling X way and our brain is just telling us to stop. Um, and if you've got that kind of 
that drive, that kind of determination from another part of your life, then it can really help you, you know, control how you're thinking and how you respond totally. to things while Absolutely. you're running. And I, and that's why I continue. I mean, I love to run here in LA because it, it, after a long day. And, and that's another thing that I wanted to mention to you is that, you know, when I'm on set, uh, set life is rough. It's really rough because you have to be on set sometimes 13, 14 hours, you know, including hair and makeup and all that jazz. And you have to sleep and you have to rehearse and you have to do other auditions. So squeezing in your workouts, uh, it can be challenging. But for me, it's vital. It's vital. So I don't usually work on Saturdays and Sundays because we're not filming uh, and clients aren't booking voiceover, uh, you know, for, for gigs. But so like Saturdays and Sundays, I'm always going to be out running. I'm always going to be on the trails uh, and recharging because I know that Monday through Friday, you know, sometimes I have to be up at 4 a.m. and I won't go to sleep until 11 or midnight depending on the schedule depending on the shoot <clears throat> so like i have to be you know super super on my a game um i'm very organized with my time with my schedule and i ha- I-, I fit running wherever i can as much as i can so that i can be even keel in uh every other area of my life and it's, I mean especially for my career since that's you know what I'm here in LA for yeah no for sure and listening to what you're saying I think being aware and just being aware of yourself is such a key key thing and you've obviously got that in great experience from doing your master's degree and I know your bachelor's degree in clinical psychology and I want to get your thoughts on this because um moving away from yourself but just a general type thing now, a lot of people run for their mental health or just to try and make themselves feel better. Do you think that running can help you process things or do you think it can be? Oh, no, for that? sure. Totally. I mean, running is like meditating. It's a meditation. You get to. You get to. Um, sort things out while you're running and especially in a long run. You know, you can begin in a crappy mood and then after running two, three hours, you're going to have solutions to your problems. And if you don't have a solution yet, it'll come later on that day because your mind is going to be more at ease. Your body is going to be totally tranquil now and, uh, you know, you're, you're just going to be a lot more receptive I mean, you, you, in order for you to have a calm mind, you have to have a calm body. So if your body is calm, then your mind will be able to figure things out better because you're, you're going to be more serene. Do, am I explaining myself well? Yeah, that makes sense. To allow things to happen, you need to be calm and let things take their process the process rather than being uptight because then you're sort of stopping things flowing as they should do even though things may be difficult at the time well you're not going to figure anything out just by sitting and 
thinking about it, I mean, even if you go out for a walk, you're going to feel better. You're going to get the juices flowing. You're going to get your blood pumping and your body needs to move. And I think that yeah. solutions do tend to come when you're moving. I mean, it, it just, it just makes sense. Yeah. When you're active. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think there's so many different things you can, you can do to get that awareness. But I think like the, the key is just being aware and like, you've just definitely got that in spades. So, um, and listening to what works for you, um, you know, you've just got to respect that for sure. And now looking at sort of the current situation that we find ourselves in with uh, COVID-19, which means that races have been cancelled or postponed for safety reasons. Um, what races did you have planned uh, this year <laughs> and next year? And uh, how are you sort of dealing with this pause in your running? Well, I was actually supposed to be in New York, in New York City, this past weekend to pace the shape women's half marathon but of course that was canceled um and i was supposed to be in new york also this summer to pace a few uh training runs for the new york city marathon um but i think most likely those are going to be canceled and to be honest i think everything this year will most likely be canceled um I don't think that you can get 40,000 people together, 50,000 people together. Uh, and, you know, I mean, I would be wary on going to run and getting together with a bunch of people. I mean, it, I, I think it's just not a good idea. Uh, what races? I mean, I'm right now I'm I'm I was supposed to run or I'm set to run the uh, also Chicago Marathon. So Chicago yeah. Marathon again, since it's a great race and, and I absolutely loved it. Um, but I don't know if that's going to be happening because of everything that's going on. Um, and. Um... No, I agree. I think it's going to be a challenge for anything to happen this year, even though we've got races. Postponed. Yeah, well, I mean, they've already canceled Berlin October. and the way that I see it. I know that it hasn't yeah. happened, but I think all of the races are going to be canceled this year. I mean, that's my personal opinion. I think all of the, yeah, yeah I think all of the races are going to be canceled in 2020 and everything's going to, I know that they've postponed things for the fall, but in my personal yeah. opinion, they're all going to be canceled. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm thinking, oh yeah, I'm signed up for Ch Chicago 2020. Do I think it's going to happen? No, no. I don't think it's yeah. going to happen, um, but they haven't canceled it yet. And I think they're just going to cancel it as, you know, they're microdosing everybody. They're microdosing the cancellations too. <laughs> yeah. But it's, yeah, it's yeah. the safest thing, bit by bit. you know, it's the safest thing. You can't, people are not going to be traveling. I mean, traveling is, is, you know, what is it? 95%. Uh, less. I mean, there, I mean, there's no traveling right now. Everyone's safety is the most important thing at the moment. You know, right now it's all about staying alive and staying safe. Uh, yeah. Races and running that can happen next year. It's fine. No, no worries. Just push it down. We're gonna be fine. Push it next to next year. We're gonna be fine. <laughs> yeah. I mean. Yeah. 
I want to touch upon some of the stuff you talked about with the pacing as well, but I still want to stick with just the uh, COVID nineteen quickly. Um, even though we've got the yeah, we 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 both agree that it's probably going to happen. Race is going to happen next year, and I agree with you. I think safety is like paramount. I mean, we need to make sure that we're all safe and how races look. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, what what we're going to be sort of socially distancing races. So um, it's going to be <laughs> funny when they all resume, but. Jokes aside, I mean, this sort of situation has made us like hit a pause button in our lives. And once that play button resumes and we've had time to reflect on how things have gone, what have you been thinking about? What sort of changes do you think you'll implement in your life and running moving forward? What do you mean? I'm not understanding. Yeah. Okay. So apologies. So let me ask that question again. So at the minute, everything's right? kind of paused. We, you know, in terms of what we normally do, we can't go to restaurants, we can't go out. I mean, if we go running, that's restricted to a certain extent or where we can go. You know, so our lives have been paused in terms of we can't do what we would normally do. And once we get the all clear, once it's safe to run, once the vaccine's out and everything like that, um, and we can sort of resume running, what sort of things will you have you been reflecting on in this sort of pause moment, in this still moment that you're going to take forward? I'm going to keep on running. I'm going to keep on running. And I'm, I'm every day, every day that goes by that I have my health. I am so grateful that I have, that I have my lungs that I can breathe. Uh, I, I pray every night for everyone, every single human being around the world. Um, You know, I, you know, for us to be uh, surviving this and, and to, I mean, it's, it's going to be a miracle for us to go into 2021 and to run a marathon. I think that whenever we do set foot on our first marathon post COVID-19, it's going to be, I mean, that's going to be a mega party. I mean, that's going to be, it's going to be a humongous celebration. And of course, I mean, if it was a celebration before, it's going to be a mega celebration. And I think people are going to be running faster. People are going to be, you know, running with a different intention with the, with, 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 you know, we made it, we're alive. Uh, We're grateful that we have our health, grateful uh, to be here, you know, to be at the start line, to, to be able to do this. You know, that is, that's why we, we run, you know, yes, it's great to, run fast marathons but it's great to be alive and it's great to to just just that to be alive and to be able to move our bodies and to be healthy i mean that is a gift that is wealth health is wealth yeah that makes it takes us back yes. to the joy of running and i think that's an important thing really um yeah whilst medals and racing is important i think yeah i, I agree with you for that for sure now, going back to the sort of start of your running journey, I know you talked about the running group that you uh, inspired you to run. Was there anyone else that inspired you um, in the running community at the start that you thought, wow, that's why when I sort of moved towards or they really inspired me to do X amount of miles or whatever? Who was that person? A person that inspired me to do X amount of miles? Oh, no, I mean, that's for example. Um, I probably added in bad that question quite a bit, but it's simply the question would be is who inspired you to at your start of your running journey? Well, it was my, my mother's car accident that inspired me 
to start my running journey for sure. For no, sure. Yeah. My, yeah. yeah for me, also, you know, I yeah. know that other people, maybe they have, um, you know, they're running heroes, but in my case, you know, my mother's car accident, like I said, it changed my life. And, um, that's what really pushed me, uh, every day. I mean, I dealt with that for a decade. I mean, I, you know, that's what pushed me every day to, to, to run and to, uh, appreciate my health. Uh, like I hadn't appreciated it, you know, before, I mean, I don't drink alcohol. Um, I, I live a very, um, uh, what, what, like toxic free life. I, I don't want to put any substances in my body that can damage my health. You know, for me, my, my health is my number one thing. I don't know if I'm answering your question correctly. (laughs) No, that makes a lot of sense actually, because I think what's happened is make, give you such a great appreciation for life that you don't take not risks, but things that could impact it negatively, even incrementally. So that makes a lot of sense. Uh, When I was thinking of the question, I was thinking of the coach back in um, Houston, but well, he wasn't a coach, but he wasn't a coach. He was just an elite runner uh, in Houston. Yeah. And he's the person. Yeah. So he's the person. So that, that person, uh, he's the one that introduced me to the running group in Houston called the Canyon way. Uh, And, um, but he wasn't a coach. He was just uh, an elite runner. And, um, you know, I mean, I haven't seen him in, in years, Um, but he's uh, the person that, that told me, you know, about these Saturday, Saturday long runs. Uh, And, um, Mm. you know, like I told you before, I'm never going to forget the first time that I showed up to a Saturday long run, there were, you know, 500, you know, crazy people there that were also going to run. And I couldn't believe that we were all there at five 30 in the morning. I was like, Oh my God, <laughs> I found my squad. <laughs> and you still, I think that's amazing to us. Once you find your squad, I think you yeah. sort of know that that's the thing moving forward. Now, Talking about your whys, we talked about why you why you run. Do you think it's sort of changed as you've um, got more experience? Oh, for sure, for sure. After I ran my first marathon, uh, I feel like I've incrementally just started getting more and more and more serious about it. Um, I did have a period of time where I I had a running, I fell into a running funk. And it was right after my mother died. Mm. Um, And I went back to doing Bikram yoga. I wasn't running at all. I felt very heavy. I mean, I just spiritually, emotionally, I was just like, you know, I was down there. You know what I mean? So I I fell into a running funk. But then I got over it. Um, I got better. Um, And then I started running again, uh, like crazy. And I'm, you know, I, I run even more now than before. Um, I think everybody gets into running funks. I mean, it's not going to be just a, 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 a 
a climb up a mountain and then it's all going to be, you know, peaches from, yeah, yeah, like, you know, peaches and butterflies. No, I mean, we have life and, you know, shit happens. Um, So, but uh, yeah, I think my, my running and my training now, um, it's gotten, I think I've become even more passionate about it now. Um, and I, you know, I was with the affiliated with the LA marathon. I was a, a pacer for the LA marathon, uh, 2017, yeah. 2018, 2019. And then, um, last year, uh, after that ended, then I became a pacer for the New York Roadrunners. So that means that I would just have to fly to New York, which is no problem. There's, you know, cheap flights from LA to New York. Um, and, um, and I have lots of friends in New York, so I would just pace whatever races, you know, I could pace. Uh, it's, it's my hobby and it's something that I love to do. Um, and, but then this happened, so I haven't been able to pace any races yet. (laughs) Yeah, no, Uh, you talked about, um, getting out of like a sort of running funk and you talked about the pacing you talked about being a pacer for LA Marathon, obviously for uh, New York Roadrunners as well. I guess, is that a part of giving back? Is that, is that a different sort of stage? I mean, how do you sort of feel about pacing? Because you are helping others do their PBs. It's quite a selfless act. To, to yeah, way. it is uh, giving back. I, I love running. You know, I don't see myself as a coach. I don't see myself as some like, you know, mega running expert. I'm, I'm sure there are people out there that know more than I do, but I am, I'm passionate about running and I love what running has done in my life. And if it can help someone else, beautiful, even if it can help one person, two people. And that's how I got uh, started with the LA Roadrunners back in 2017. Well, I mean, I started in 2015 with the LA Roadrunners as an athlete, just running with the program. And then I became a pacer. Um, and I'm happy to say that all of the runners that were in my group, they all crossed the finish line. A lot of them were beginners. Um, and if, you know, to see them cross the finish line and I know that feeling, you know, even if I've ran, although I've ran so a bunch of marathons crossing the finish line, it's, it's a feeling that it's like no other. And so seeing these athletes cross the finish line and get their medal and have that you know, big ass smile and that satisfaction. It's, it's an amazing feeling, you know, and, and, you know, that we've trained for 26 weeks and then boom, you know, you're finally running and you did it. It's an amazing feeling and I love it. And uh, that's why I love being a, a pacer. And you've gone through it together with a group of people from the start. There's a popular doubts at the beginning and then. The yes. Well, because we the have end. to, well, we have the to train for 26 sure. weeks and then we all run together the uh we ran together yeah. the la marathon i didn't run it this year i didn't i did not run la marathon 2020 um partly because COVID, uh the coronavirus was already here there were already 13 people that were uh yeah uh positive but the la department of public health they gave the green light to la marathon and they said that they could do it but you know, um, you know, they did it. So, I mean, but I, I did not want to take part in that. No. 
No, that makes sense. Have I got this right? You've run 18 yes. marathons. Okay, so what sort of keeps you coming back? I know you do the pacing, but it's quite an intense uh, event, really. So what is it about the marathon that sort of keeps you going back to it rather than saying doing like a half marathon or a 5K or even an ultra? Well, I attempted an ultra, so and I did not finish. Um, I, I, temp- I attempted an ultra back in 2011 right after – chevron houston marathon and uh it was 31 miles a trail run and i was doing great all the way up until mile eight when i tripped on a um i tripped on a root of a tree that i didn't see at all and i fell right on my knee and I mean, and I fell right on my face too, right in, in front of in front of a, a bunch of people, which was not very sexy. But um, I fell, and then because uh, it was going to be two loops, fifteen and a half miles, and then you do the same loop all over again, yeah. fifteen and a half miles. And I was ready, you know, I was determined, and I, you know, I I knew that I was going to finish. But I ended up tripping three more times after that, after that first time. And I just felt so banged up. I was like, okay, I don't know what the universe is trying to tell me, but maybe I should not continue. (laughs) Maybe I shouldn't continue this race. And so I finished the first loop, obviously. And um, well, obviously, no, I finished the first 15 and a half miles. So the 25K and I go, you know, at the finish and then you're, you're supposed to, you know, turn around and do it all over again. But I went up to this lady and I said, hey, um, I'm supposed to do the 50K, but I'm only going to do the 25K. Can I have the medal for the 25K? She's like, no, you're dropping out. And I'm like, fuck. So I'm like, all right, well, that, that was that. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the only race ever that I have not finished. But it was literally because my knee, I had, I tripped four times on roots. Can you believe it? I mean, it was like, it, it yeah, it was the universe telling me, no, 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 you're not going to finish this. You're not going to do the 31, the 31 miles, the 50 K. So, um, why do I keep going back to the marathon? Because the marathon gives me a high, like no other, (laughs) because, you know, doing a a 5 K that's fun. You know, uh, a 10 K that's fun. Half marathon, that's fun, yeah. but it doesn't give me, you know, running 13 miles, you know, I can do that on a weekend by myself. I can, the, the marathon, you know, when you're at mile 17, 18, 20, 22, you're yeah. really, you know, you got to dig deep, baby. <laughs> you got to dig deep. You got to yeah. dig deep. Yeah. And I like that. You know, I like to push myself. And I like to, you know, get nitty gritty. <laughs> but that's what I'm thinking, because you're quite a tough character. Do you know what I mean? You, you've got, you're mentally strong. So I'm thinking those four routes, there's not not burn you thinking, you know, what, I'm going to go back to the ultra. Oh, yeah. Trust me. I'm box. still, that, those are still in my plans. Okay. That's, you know, doing a 50 miler and a hundred miler. That's still part of my plan. Okay. Uh, and, but that's for the next podcast. Um, 
yeah, that's definitely in the books. Okay. I mean, that's definitely something that is part in my. Mm-hmm, yeah, for sure, for sure. I'm, I'm glad no, that chapter no, 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 closed. No, I know you're going to go back come and on. Go no, to it. closed. Hell no, <laughs> no, <laughs> no. If you said to me after all that, I was the four, the four routes finished me off. I'd be like, no. There's no way I'm gonna fly out to LA when it's no, safe. no, yeah, come to ultra. LA and we can go do an ultra. There's plenty of trail races over here, lots of ultras over here. Yeah, no, no, no. That's something that I definitely want to do. Oh yeah, I got, I gotta know what I'm, I'm what I'm really made of. <laughs> you know, am I gonna quit at mile 62, 64, uh, doing a hundred miler? Who knows? But uh, I'm pretty tough. I may not be the fastest one out there. Uh, I'm working on that, but I'm really, really, really tough. Something I've learned, I mean, I've only done one ultra race myself and something I found was it's not necessarily the, you say, think the, the stereotypical faster runners from say like a road race that would do really well in it. It's the people that are consistent. And even if it's walking at a pace or running at like a slower pace, they're consistent and it's like a it's like a diesel car rather than being thinking like a ferrari yeah. or which i mean a high performance car that, well that's baby what, i'm a diesel car then then i'm a diesel <laughs> then i'm definitely a diesel car yeah so, yeah i may not be a a, a ferrari yeah. but i you know i will get there <laughs> i will get there <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't I don't I don't doubt it to be honest um now going back to the marathons can you take us back to your personal best in Frankfurt what clicked for you ran uh four hours 55 minutes which I think you ran that and then now you're down at uh three hours and 19 seconds yeah oh my That's god it, yeah. that is a dream That's, of yeah. mine and I would love to do that uh you know, and I, you know, I, oh my God, I am your fan because, because of that, that is amazing. Congrats to you. I was taking a, thank you. Uh, yeah, thanks for that. Thank you. Probably congrats to my uh, coach as well. I've got to give him a lot of sh- um, um, thanks for that because he's helped me train and get the kind of make those, uh, those improvements really. But that, yeah, you, I mean, I, I ultimately I enjoy running, and I think that's the the main thing. Although times are good, you know, um, if you don't enjoy it, you won't get out when you're tired or, you know, the weather is slightly off. So, um, yes. no, I appreciate congratulations that. Congratulations to you. I mean, but going back to your PB and less about me, um, what what clicked for you in that race? What sort of running after the cute German voice? How did it feel? <laughs> that's what clicked running after those cute german boys i was like i can go faster here um uh, i caught a few i caught a few i caught no uh yeah i mean really it was a great race great weather uh it was relatively flat um i um the race was on a sunday we started at 10 a.m so it was a late race or late, I mean, because over here we start super early, 7 a.m. But over there it was at 10 a.m. The start line was mm. right in front of my, outside of my hotel door. So I literally just crossed the street and there was the start line. It was super easy. Uh, you know, finishing was very easy. I mean, it, you know, I, I slept so much. 
because uh, I flew in from the States. I got there on Saturday, 1 p.m., went to the expo, got my bib, um, you know, got to the hotel, ate twice, went to, you know, made myself go to sleep, uh, took a sleeping, you know, melatonin, not sleeping pill, but melatonin. So I slept a lot. I ran. And I mean, I felt great. It was just one of those days where, you know, you just feel great. Now, moving forward, you've done the New York City Marathon, you've done Chicago. Are you tempted to go for the remaining uh, World Marathon majors and earn the six star? Of course. Uh, yeah, I'm working on that. Definitely working on that. Yeah, I was supposed to run uh, Berlin, the... Marath- Berlin in 2000, uh, 2011, but I started doing my application and then I wasn't able, I didn't, I didn't finish it that night. The next morning when I started doing the application, when I, you know, opened it up to do the, to finish it, uh, it was already full. So that's why I ended up doing Frankfurt marathon. But I, I think that yeah. I would already be close to getting the, uh, six star if I, you know, if things would have been different, but whatever, I mean, here we are, it, it doesn't matter. And I signed up for the first time to Chicago Marathon in 2012. I wasn't able to go because of work. Then in 2014, again, I wasn't able to go because of work. Then in 2018, because of work. So last year was the fourth time and I finally made it. So it's not like it's not like I've signed up and then I went. Yeah. There's quite a few races that I've signed up and I wasn't able to go. So New York City Marathon 2018, I had to defer it to last year because of work so um yeah right because i I need to do tokyo boston um berlin tokyo boston berlin and london one thing i want to touch upon is uh nutrition now obviously you've talked upon uh, talked previously that you know health and well-being is pretty important to you so i can imagine you're not you know in and out of just kind of just like um in terms of like just bad nutrition sort of habits so i imagine it's pretty uh, even for you obviously it seems like i'm putting a word in your mouth here but what does your nutrition look like say for when you're in the sort of math and training in terms of like what you eat, say pre uh workout or and, oh well uh, i'm very the week? very organized when it comes to my uh what i eat uh at home um you know i eat a lot of uh chicken and um you know i'm everything is planned so like i have my vegetables i have my uh meat you know fish chicken i have my frozen uh fruit for my smoothies i have my coconut milk for my smoothies i have um you know the when i'm on set i'm also very lucky when i'm on set because they we have catered breakfast and lunch and you can say to them okay i want uh, an egg white omelet with veggies you know you have uh you know you can have your uh ginger fresh pressed ginger juice with greens so in that respect i'm quite lucky that i have that when i'm work you know when i'm on set and you know for lunch we have cave you know they have grilled meats and fish and um, you know, it's like a buffet style. It's you can pick whatever you want. So, 
Mm. When I'm at home, I'm also very organized. Um, I, and, you know, with my grocery shopping, I, I'm, you know, I, I like to, you know, buy things and, and then freeze the meat, uh, you know, put the seasoning on it. Uh, everything is planned. Yeah. I'm, uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty organized yeah. with that. And then if I do eat something out in LA, I mean, LA has a lot of great restaurants. Um, uh, I like ramen because of, you know, like after a race, because it has uh, salt. Yeah. Yeah. The carbs. Yeah. The carbs, yeah. yeah there's a place Netflix. called Silver Lake Ramen that I love. Um, and they have a fantastic, like spicy tonkatsu ramen, which is just bomb. Uh, and um, yeah, I mean, and I have to have my coffee in the morning. I am a coffee lover. So I do my, I've been doing French press coffee for 12 years now. And I like to use okay. either Starbucks coffee or bulletproof coffee. Um, and uh, that's very important for me, my coffee in the morning. Coffee for me is very important. And I was doing like the yeah, whole, I, think, yeah. I was doing a, the whole bulletproof coffee thing with, with the ghee, butter and all that shit. But honestly, yeah. it, it's, it's, it's a lot of work. And sometimes I don't have, you know, all that time to be doing that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's got to keep it simple. It's like, yeah, it's go back to the coffee. I know I, I can understand that. Um, so yeah, nutrition is obviously pretty important to you and you're, you know, you've got your sort of, you find you know what works for you so you stick to it now what do you sort of fuel um what do you use to fuel yes i love the goo gels, goo gels. Use, um, yes oh. those are the ones that work for me okay. um the goo gels and also um uh you know during the marathon gatorade so i alternate you know between water and and gatorade uh and some salt pills but I have a very sensitive stomach, so I cannot just, you know, I can't take things that people give out during the marathon or like fruit and shit like that. Oh, no, 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 yeah. no. <laughs> I think that's going to be shit. <laughs> no, we're, we're going to keep it simple. We're I think gonna keep it corona simple. is going to be yeah, shut and down. And I as take well. everything. I don't touch anything. Yeah. I don't take anything that they, except for the water and the Gatorade, that's it. You know, or if I need them to spray my, my, my leg with, you know, that, the, the spray, the, what is it called? The, um, like the biofreeze. Yeah. That, I mean, that's oh, all like I DP. take, but anything yeah, else DP. that they want to yeah, give me for free yeah. at the marathon. No, thank you. No. And I, no, mm -mm. no. Yeah. It's like the buffet that you just don't want to be at sometimes, isn't it? I think towards the end. Yeah. I think it's, it's too much. Yeah. It's too much. You got to be careful. Too much yes yeah you've got to find what works for you and if you're going to take something totally. the course, then you've got to try it before i remember when i was doing the tokyo marathon there was a drink called bakari sweat it's such the a what? beautiful name really so uh <laughs> um it's like bakari sweat it's like an electrolyte drink and it's just taste yeah like like it sounds uh quite salty and uh just for, it's good for electrolytes, and uh, but I think you've got to get used to it. I I made the rookie mistake oh, of um, just taking it on the day, Ooh. and uh, yeah, I didn't like it. Yeah, it, it didn't give me any adverse effects, but uh, it didn't taste great. 
So um, it was kind of like a sip and then spit oh it out. Oh my gosh! So, uh, yeah. Oh my gosh! I think yeah, but I, I mean, for me now, I mean, I'm same as you. I mean, I just they had this um, in in Frankfurt. It. I don't you know apart from the cute boys, they had they had this amazing fizzy drink. They don't yeah. give Gatorade over there. They give they give water, and they well back then this is 2011. They gave this fizzy. Um, uh, sports drink that that felt amazing on my stomach even you know even better than the Gatorade that they give over here um, it, but they don't sell it in the states it is the best thing and I think that that was also part of the reason why I finished fast because my stomach didn't bother me at any time and also the weather was great you know it was you know there was the sun wasn't yeah you know on your face it was like a nice 55 degrees the whole time great you know weather um but yeah yeah i think that's perfect i think yeah i think the thing with nutrition is yeah once you find something that works for you stick with it um and this practice is in training for sure now i know in you talked about trail running but just going back to running and training oh, what do you prefer running on the road trails. trails and i got into trail running here in in la uh, because the very first group that I started running with okay. here, uh, called the Coyotes, that's what they're called. The, and they're all ultra marathoners. They're crazy. Um, the, the main guy, the coach, uh, he, you know, he's done all the, you know, hundred milers. Um, and these are, you know, these are crazy fast people. Um, and th- that's how, and, and they were only running on the trails and that's how I started. And at first I was like, uh, you know, it, it took a while for me to get adjusted. And then now, I mean, uh, I mean, that's all I do. I, I, I rarely do road runs. I mean, because LA has so many trails here. I mean, it's like, we, we have gorgeous mountains. We have, uh, Griffith park, which is, you know, right next to where the Hollywood sign is you have the Hollywood sign run or not run it's uh you know to get to the top of the Hollywood sign I, I don't know if you've been to LA but you know to, yeah. to go to the Hollywood sign you can either drive to Hollywood Lake and that's just very easy you drive there and then you take photos but if you want to do the 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 walk a walk or a hike um but I like to run it yeah. You know, that's that's very beautiful. But then we have Santa Monica Mountains, uh, Malibu State Park. I mean, we have so many trails and they're just beautiful. Yeah. And, and, you know, you feel like you are getting away from the city. And for me, it's it's vital to, like, get that, you know, that boost, because when you're cooped up on set, you know, so much like the last thing you want to do is just do like a normal road run and be in the city. You want to be out in the wilderness. I guess you feel more connected to yourself whilst being in nature. I'm a granola chick. Like I like the beach. I like, the, you know, I like the mountains. I like, uh, you know, and, and everything that has to do with nature. I love it. I love it. Yeah, that's totally understandable. Being outside, being in nature, really is that connecting to the spirit. Moving into a different topic, I'd like to talk about safety whilst training. Generally, male runners probably don't think twice about training alone. 
can you tell us your experiences of uh, training alone and have you experienced any harassment whilst on the run? I actually had a stalker uh, in 2018 and I had to get the LAPD involved and it was a, a runner. Um, yeah, this this marathoner. That sounds like an incredibly traumatic experience that you've had to go through and really no one should have to go through that. Now for people listening in, what advice would you give them to stay safe whilst running? I don't ever tell people where I'm okay. going to be running ever. Like I don't put any public notices about where, about my whereabouts. Um, uh, if I do put that, I, you know, if I post a video of a trail, I'm not doing it at that moment. I post it a few hours later. Um, I change my, running times also one day I'll run in the morning one you know I'm always changing I I change my locations um right now it's difficult to do that because of what's happening you know because all the trails are closed so you know you can't run everywhere so like now um I can only run at a certain location and I run there at a certain time but um I'm always aware, uh, uh, you know, my eyes are peeled wide open. Um, I'm, I watch like who's around me, who's running in front of me, who's running behind me. I look at what they're wearing. Um, you know, you just have to see it with eyes of like someone that's been, uh, like, um, I hate to say this, but like sexual assault. I mean, you have to read articles on women that have been attacked and what recommendations uh, the police say. Um, you know, you also have to carry either mace or a taser in your car so that whenever you do go out for a run, if yeah. you feel, you know, if you're going to be super, super alone, then, I mean, you know, you just got to be careful. You can't just run alone and just think that everyone has their best intentions. Not at all. I mean, there's a lot of psychopaths out there. There's a lot of crazies out there and that are wanting to prey on women. I also don't park my car. You know, I park my car where it's very visible, where, uh, where you know, there is light and where, where there are people. Um, yeah. Basically being very totally. aware of just the totally. situation. And I know that maybe for other women that, you know, yeah. maybe they're not, you know, in my case, I'm an actress. I'm, you know, I'm not, but I am well known in some circles and I just have to take other precautions. Yeah. Yeah. Just be safe with it, isn't it? So I imagine it's the same sort of thing as say, um, if you were to use like Strava, for example, you probably wouldn't put your your activities like as a public everything is everything is private private. like uh, i've been using the uh, nike run plus club app i mean that's what i that's what i've been using but then um i signed up to signed up with strava uh, about a a month ago and everything is private um and uh the only thing that I put public was yesterday for the New York Roadrunners uh, virtual 5K and where you have to put it, you know, 
that's visible yeah. by everyone so that they can see it and they can see your time. Um, but yeah, you know, people have to be careful. I mean, and especially women and especially even more so women that are in the public eye, uh, we have to take other precautions for sure. Um, but even though that's happening, I mean, you're doing the right things and obviously still having the joy for running and just, I think, yes. I think that's, that's the most important thing. Yes, for sure. Before I move to the final questions, I just want to acknowledge you for being so honest about your experience and thank you for sharing your experience and advice for being safe whilst on the run. Can you tell us what daily habit is non-negotiable for you? Meditation, that is definitely, you know, I have to fill up my spiritual bank account every day. Um, I mean, I try to run at, I try, I try to run. So running for is, is part of my daily yeah. routine. And even in, when I feel tired, I, I still try to get out there and run. The next thing is, uh, what's the biggest lesson that you've learned from running that you've taken into your life? The biggest lesson from running. Hmm. Uh, let me think about this one. Keep going. And as long as you can breathe and be healthy and as long as, as long as you're able to move still, you, you got to keep going. Just put one step after the other. It's the simple lessons that always are the best and the most valuable. Karina, I'd like to thank you for being so honest and so open and sharing journey in your life and in your running journey i think a lot of people can take a lot from this conversation so thank you really beautiful a beautiful beautiful uh time thank you so much can you tell us how people can follow your journey on social media starting with instagram karina junker k-a-r-i-n-a-j-u-n-k-e-r um also on twitter karina junker uh on facebook uh, it's Karina Junker fan page. Um, uh, and if they want to see my work, um, they can just, uh, I put updates on Instagram, really everywhere. Um, and, um, so if, if people want to see my work, they can just, um, look me up on Instagram. I I'm, uh, in a show that's coming out on Netflix called Hollywood. I'm in an episode uh, of that. Uh, okay. That comes out May 1st. And then I'm also coming out in a couple of episodes uh, of an, another show called uh, Dirty John, season two, June 2nd. Thanks for sharing the details of your roles and for the conversation. It's been fascinating talking to you, Karina. If you've enjoyed this conversation, please leave a review to show your support for this podcast. If you've got any questions, please get in touch with me on my Instagram page at the Marathon Marcus or one word. Thank you for listening and keep running.